This is a podcast from Rover. All right, welcome back into the show. Well, AMP and show season, as you know, is finally upon us after a rather long hiatus with the likes of COVID and Bovis and you name it, everything else that got in the way. And with nerves still a bit on edge around biosecurity, some shows are going the extra mile to make sure that all the cattle are kept safe and sound. One of those is Lisa Berthold, who made sure that all the beef and dairy cattle at the Carterton AMP show were tracked, traced, scrubbed down and separated ready for the show and uh, she joins us now Lisa lovely to talk how are you I'm good and you yeah I'm good I'm good this is um geez you went above and beyond here didn't you well maybe you didn't maybe you're do- setting the uh, standard the blueprint as it were um I'd like to think we're setting the standard um and realistically I think it's probably been coming for a long time so yeah no it was good to actually get it across the line so tell us about all the precautions uh, a bit more about those uh, precautions that you took at the Carterton show R- run us through Yep, so what we did is on our entry forms, everybody had to submit their RFID numbers. So for those that don't know, RFID numbers are the um, white tag in the right ear, and it's the electronic number that is digitally um, embedded in that tag. Mm -hmm. Um, So they had to submit their RFID numbers. Once they were submitted, um, we could actually do a plan for stalling. So we made sure that all the animals were stalled at least two metres apart with the stud. Um, Obviously, studs could have their animals closer. Um, and from there, what we did is when they arrived at the showgrounds, we would wand the animals with a nate wander to make sure that the RFID numbers matched what they had submitted. Um, they also would were asked to bring copies of their AHB forms and their nate transfers, so we knew that had been done. Um, from there, they were either taken directly, marshaled directly to a wash bay um, or to their stalls. From there, from the stalls, they would be taken to the wash bay or... Um, if, if need be, they would be taken um, into the ring. Um, we had separate areas for dairy and separate areas for beef, so not, the two never crossed over. Um, and, yeah, basically we just took one stud at a time to the wash bays. The wash bays were then disinfected with a disinfectant called Vircon, which is what is also used at airports. And, yeah, from there, it, um, sort of everyone was able to get back into the showing and feel comfortable and, and that animals weren't spreading any diseases. Well, that's very comprehensive. Uh, did you take it upon yourself to come up with this, or did you have guidance, or how, how did you um, sort of come about going through this particular process? So in this process, um, we looked at what all the regulations were um, in compliance thing to do with NATE and MPI, what was best practice, um, especially at the height of Embovis when it first came out, was um, two metres, animals kept two metres apart, and it just sort of went from there that it would make, it logically follow sequence to only have one stud at a time on a wash bay. Um, most of the diseases that are out there, not just Embovis, but you've also got Yanis, BBD, rotavirus, um, things like that. Um, so it was made sure that really a wash bay was probably the biggest area that you'd spread disease when um, animals were all on it together and not being disinfected between each stud. Mm. So we just took it from there. Now you received the endorsement of Osprey from a, a Nate and TB free perspective? Yep, so um, I actually met, um, I actually got an email through to um, my society which is the New Zealand Lifestyle Highland Society asking if we would advertise a um, Lifestylers Day at the Greytown farmlands that they were having. Um, so I went along to that and spoke with Tracy from Osprey and she then put me on to Kevin Ford who was the um, in charge of the um, traceability with Nate. 
Um, he then went through all of my program and all of our plans and said, yeah, was really happy with it. So and was happy to give us um, accreditation for it. Yeah, that's great as well because then, you know, the, the, the questioning element, if anyone did or whatever, it just, it just you know, it dots an iron, it crosses the T, doesn't it? It keeps it sort of, yep. you know, above board as it were. Yep, no, it definitely did. And like I say, it was definitely, the, it made everything run smoothly and it was really great to actually have that as well. Yeah, I suspect that, um, you know, people who own this stock would be grateful for the measures that were taken. Um, I definitely believe so, um, and I do think it encourages um, more people. Um, I had quite a lot of people come to the show on Saturday. Um, so on Saturday, we actually did a big public display. Um, the animals were in, the beef animals were in pens that the public couldn't touch, except for the highlands. And for the highlands, people had to come through a foot wash and hand sanitizer. And it was a... Um, um, in one way out another so they also sanitised when they came out the other end and I had a lot of farms that actually came along I think just to be nosy hmm. um, and basically turned around and said they were prepared to get stock ready for next year for, for the show to bring them well, so well the, yeah, there you go that's a ringing endorsement um, do you, you know, do you think having these measures in place uh, encourage more people maybe to get back into showing their cattle or, or just you know, maybe even just help settle a bit of the uneasiness around it I definitely think so. Like I say, um, I do think that um, the people that actually came and had a look, I think those people that were always big at the shows, um, and they haven't shown for several years, mm. and I think because of Embovis in particular. But it also shows that the um, actual AMP show was actually prepared to put their best foot forward and actually try and encourage as many people to attend. I suspect, Lisa, that it'll be something um, that will be adopted by other shows in terms of the, you know, just all those checks and balances that you employed at Carterton there, um, you know, could be a bit of a model for the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of the shows are already asking for RFID numbers, but I'm not sure what they're sort of going going from there, what mm. they're doing. Um, but I definitely think after seeing this that a lot of shows might take it on board. I would like, I'd like to hope that they would. Um, in particular, I think also like the wash bays, like keeping it stud separate and not having everybody on the same wash bay at the same time, I think is pretty important. So, yeah, I'd definitely like to see the shows go ahead with this. So a bit more planning, a bit more organisation, but ultimately worth it? Definitely, ultimately worth it. And once you've actually, like, because every show is, is different in what their set out is, for, for example, where their stalling is compared to wash bays. But once they've got an initial plan done, it's a plan that they can roll for years. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, you know, how great is it to be back in action with the, with all the shows around as well, you know, after a bit of a hiatus there. It must be great to uh, to be back into it. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, like I say, I, mean, I normally take a t- um, team of around six to ten animals to a show, um, so it's definitely good to get the animals back out there. Um, and it really, it's showcasing, you know, your, your breed, it's showcasing your breed standards, and it's also showcasing your animal husbandry. So it's really, really good to see that out there. And it's good for the public to come and see these animals back there again too. Yeah, well, that's the big thing, isn't it? And you just we just had the Canterbury one last week and just that, um, you know, uh, the the whole bringing, bringing the country to town, uh, certainly in terms of, uh, of that particular show as well. But it is good to give people an appreciation of um, some of the efforts that um, stock owners go to. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And like I say, it's great to see the public. Um, we had a lot of people coming over from Wellington to the show, and it's great to see the kids interacting with the animals as well when they can. Um, obviously, like I say, there was only one area in the beast that the kids could get in, and that was on Saturday, but 
the amount of smiles we saw and that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, for some of these kids, it's the only chance they'll get to actually see an animal up live and close, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Lisa Berthold, um, it's been great to have you on the programme. Well done with all your efforts, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, the the stuff that you did around the Carterton show um, will be adopted by other societies and shows around the country as well. So thanks very much. Awesome. Thank you. All right, well, this one is from Stuff. It says nearly 12,000 hectares of sheep and beef farmland has been approved for sale to overseas investors over the past four months to be planted into forestry. This is all data from Land Information New Zealand. Now, most of this land will be converted into permanent plantation forests with one sale to a company that specialises in selling carbon credits to oil and gas companies. Tui Bidco, owned by shareholders uh, in Australia, Canada and Japan, it was granted approval to buy 2,600 hectares of land from a Chinese owner. The cost of that, $1.9 billion. Of course, you'll remember back at the start of the year, Cabinet agreed to make it harder for overseas investors to buy land for forestry. But then we had that beef and lamb report, which found that uh, over the past three years, afforestation areas from whole farm sales averaged over 40,000 hectares each year. That is the state of play at the moment. Don't forget, of course, to bring your mobile home connection to NetSpeed and they have got you covered this summer with a free accessory pack. Call them on 0800 638 Mention Rex for an exclusive deal. And, of course, you can get them online as well, netspeed.net.nz. That is our show, as always. Thanks very much indeed for your company. Mark and Leah up next.